Welcome in. Welcome back to Revolutionary Roulette. I'm Rob Zielinski. You can find me on Twitter at Rob Zielinski. That's Z-I-E-L-I-N-S-K-I. Follow us on Instagram at Revolutionary Roulette or email the show at revolutionaryroulette at gmail.com. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Joshua Catlow. Good evening. (laughs) I hope you've brought along your cognac and your classical tunes, because we are about to embark on a segment that will blow your minds. (laughs) It'll take your soul to a different realm on just how trashy our forefathers, five fathers even, (laughs) how far they go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It's Josh Catlow. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Joshua Patrick. And you can find me on Twitter arguing why the best move in the history of football was the Bears cutting Charles Leno, no matter the cap casualty. And that would be at Joshua Catlow on the Twitterverse. And uh, as always, I'm joined by my fucking co-host, Rob <laughs> Zielinski. So, uh Today is part three of chapter five, a kind of revolution. So the American revolution is over. Land that was owned by some British loyalists was distributed because, as you'll remember from last week, George Washington protected Lord Fairfax. Lord Fairfax. And top top drawer. uh, (laughs) And let him keep his land and fortune, but the other land uh, redistributed, uh, created more independent farmers. But again, it wasn't enough to radically change the social class structure. And we need to know and remember that the Revolutionary War was fought mostly by people of the lowest of classes on behalf of the upper class or the uh, colonial elites. And It was a struggle for power between the established England elites and the new and emerging American elites. I think one of the things to keep in mind is um, at the beginning of the Revolutionary War, it was wondered if there would even be enough troops for the American colonialists to be able to fight off the British entities. Um, They were hoping to have every armed farmer, um, slave owner, indigenous personnel, everybody but black slaves fight to help push off the British. Uh, George Washington originally said no to allowing um, black slaves, and some indentured servants to fighting on the side of the colonialists. And he had to change his mind abruptly because while they were getting their asses blown back in the first three or four battles of the Revolutionary War, like it was nobody's business. So, um, and as always, um, to sum up Serge Tankian, uh, I believe he says, why do they always send the poor? Well, <laughs> uh, every every war in the the history of the United war. States has been fought by um, those who are I don't want to say poor, but impoverished or less um, less fortunate. That would be a great way to put it. So, um, yeah. So Before, it's another no n- another no brainer that that's how it went down this time. So again. The revolt against England was orchestrated by the colonial ruling class and no new social class was created. The rich just got richer. Familiar story. Literally, the richest person in America was George Washington. Benjamin Franklin was a rich printer and John Hancock, a.k.a. Herbie Hancock, uh, kudos if you get that movie reference, was a wealthy merchant 
in Boston. And the list goes on and on. And these were the guys who engineered the American Revolution, not the people of the lower social classes, which is usually the main ingredient for a revolution. Well, they engineered it um, by sitting in some finely crafted desks that smell of rich mahogany while barking out orders to runners and then runners barking out orders to generals and then all along the line. So um, once again, I guess that's how military systems work. You get word, the shit flows downhill and you do what you're told. But uh, in this particular instance, when they needed all hands on deck to try and uh, come away with a victory, um, they didn't contribute very much at all. And I don't mean physically, but uh, strategically as well. Exactly. Um, I know. <laughs> I said it. Because the laborers, mechanics, small farmers, and seamen, seamen, all fought alongside each other in the military, there was a sense of camaraderie amongst them, and uh, they got swept up in the whole we the people rhetoric without actually realizing they were used as pawns to make more money for the rich and give elites even more power in this country they helped to create and call home in America. And the people in the we the people still, like you alluded to, does not include the poorest of the poor, does not include slaves or any other oppressed people. No indentured servants, no American Indians. As a matter of fact, they were putting even more boundaries upon the American Indians than already started. Um, they were trying to push them back from the Appalachian Trail and the Appalachian Mountains. Um, Appalachian or Appalachian? Appalachian. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, <laughs> the Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains. And, um, well, now they have borders coming from the south of Lake Michigan, or what's currently Lake Michigan, from the uh, top of Louisiana and westward from the Sierra Nevadas. So they're essentially cornering um, so many different tribes into what we'll soon find out, either this episode or next, um, that the founding fathers um, are definitely not too thrilled about, and that's why they end up fighting on the side of the French. And uh, right, yeah, they're getting boxed in here. So exactly, um, but yeah, like you said, we we will get to that. So uh, while the revolution was happening, different groups of elites were having a power struggle over some of the land confiscated from certain loyalists. One of the group of elites were the Poughkeepsie Anti-Federalists who were these up-and-coming businessmen or, or merchants or whatever the fuck, and they were making promises to tenants to get them on their side and then, of course, exploit them to continue building up their own wealth and political power. The Anti-Federalists were a diverse correlation of people who opposed ratification of the Constitution. Although less well-organized than the Federalists, they also had an impressive group of leaders who were especially prominent in state politics, which is James Winthrop, uh, Melacton Smith, and then our boy that we spoke of last week, Patrick Henry. Uh, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. My man. We'll, <laughs> My we'll, go, we'll go with the lad. <laughs> so there were other things going on uh, during the Revolutionary War, like prominent landowners uh, promising land to tenants in an attempt to mobilize more soldiers. And uh, again, as you mentioned last week, the land didn't come and the pay was $6.66 a month in continental currency, which was worth nothing due to inflation. Meanwhile, Poughkeepsie anti-federalists fuckheads like Manacton Smith sat back and got rich due to government contracts. 
And what a stupid ass name. Like all I could think about was boom, tough acting and acting. That same thing first popped in my head as well. <laughs> Besides wanting to punch him right in the dick. Uh, <laughs> tough acting and acting is a pretty large cocksucker when it comes to terms of American history and uh, the anti-federalist papers, etc. Yeah, absolutely brutal. So the tenants were rightfully ticked off and they became a force to be reckoned with during the war. A lot of them just stopped paying the rent. And I actually want to pause for a minute here to mention that the federal moratorium on residential evictions is set to expire at the end of this month. So certain states will still be protected like uh, Oregon, Vermont, New Jersey, and New York, but otherwise evictions can begin and it can get really ugly really fast. Most states have at least 6% of the population behind on their rent and other states have up to 23% or more of their population behind on rent. So if the moratorium on evictions isn't extended, um, especially with the help of the CDC again, like it, it got it extended last year, I believe in September, it's likely someone you know or a friend of someone you know will be evicted from their homes. I mean, why would it change or why wouldn't it be that way? I mean, um, as anybody who's listened to the podcast before knows that Rob is far, far, far left and that should push you left. I wouldn't even consider him left. I would just consider him off the spectrum or <laughs> off his meds, whichever you prefer. But uh, I am a leftist as well. And we fought, we being Democrats, fought so hard to get people elected and control of both houses so that we can have things taken care of, to make change, to do everything that we promised from getting rid of student loan debt, um, first and foremost, getting the pandemic handled in a reasonable fashion, which uh, I think President Biden and Mrs. Vice President Harris have done a decent job at. However, um, I don't want to throw bouquets at their feet for the simple fact that they had so much time to blueprint this that it's pretty hard to fuck something like that up, get the vaccine, get it done, do the exact opposite of President Trump, and you're pretty, you're going to be pretty successful. And we're starting to turn that corner. COVID is almost over. We're going to get there soon. But um, my greater point of this is we can't protect voter laws. Stacey Abrams went apeshit, just complete ham in Georgia to try and help get them extra votes that we needed so we can control the Senate. And what does he do? He allows them to regulate voter laws and take away opportunity and space for people of color and minorities and impoverished people to vote. Um, he cut back um, mail-in balloting locations by over 65%. These are simple rights, human rights. I mean, I we understand that you don't like it when poor people, poor black people vote, but that's how the shit works. We all have a voice and you're supposed to be part of that voice with us. That's and how it's, that's how it's supposed to work. Supposed so to work. We will, uh, if we have time at the end, we will have a conversation about um, leftists. I'm not done. And, and electoral... <laughs> And uh, electoral politics. So um, I believe. Why do you always stop my momentum? <laughs> I believe it was in Austin, Texas, where members of the community stood in front of the doors at the courthouse so that eviction hearings just couldn't be heard. And uh, I also believe it was in Oregon where members of the community occupied the street uh, in 
uh, from what became known as the Red House to stop sheriffs from evicting a family with children during the middle of a pandemic. This is the sort of local politics and local activism that we've been talking about. So if you have the capacity, go out to these protests, get out to these houses of families that are being evicted and help occupy space in front of their house on their street so sheriffs can't get to these suffering families. Uh, if you can't, but you do have a little extra dough, you know, donate five, 10, 25, whatever is, you know, you comfortable for you, um, to whatever mutual aid in your area. Uh, but definitely seek out mutual aid. I would advise against, uh, giving to big name charities because you really just don't know where the money is going. Um, and you can make a big impact immediately with mutual aid. I donated to, I want to say it was like the Dallas uh, mutual aid when uh, they had this, the snowstorm and, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the, you saw pictures of all the water pipes bursting and icicles just forming in people's apartments. They had no power, no heat. Um, but giving to <laughs> mutual aid, people are able to, you know, immediately buy blankets, buy water, something the to sustain the people. The worst part about the Dallas situation uh, four or so months ago wasn't when Ted Cruz left to go to the islands, but when he decided to return. That was the most detrimental part for um, Texans, uh, in my opinion. But I would even take it a step further, and I'm not one for violence, but if you're not a person of color who has to go out and risk losing your life during one of these protests or demonstrations, or if you just, I hate to say this like this, but if you just don't give a fuck, go out there and protest. Wear your mask if you feel so inclined and just get in the way yourself. I mean, you're, I, I guess what I'm trying to think to say is, is there's so many people that are going to be relying on others for help. And not everybody has a substantial amount of money that can make a difference. But if you occupy things other than Starbucks, then <laughs> if you get arrested, bail's going to be like a hundred bucks. Who gives a fuck? Jail's not that bad. I've been <laughs> plenty. <laughs> and, it's not bad. And again, we're talking about, you know, good trouble, right? Good trouble. Um, so um, good trouble. And again, mutual aid or there are uh, bail funds that people donate to, to get protesters out. So exactly, um, if you are protesting, you're out on the street and you find yourself being arrested, yell your name, scream your name so that the other protesters know to look for you specifically. So if I'm starting to get handcuffed, I'm screaming Robert Zelensky, Robert Zelensky. And then others know um, they need to come, come pick me up, baby, please. I'm just going to be screaming, fuck yo mama. But <laughs> so, different breed. Um, again, the name says it all, uh, you know, and maybe one day the help, uh, you, you'll need the help and it'll be reciprocated in time. So again, a lot of the tenants stopped paying their rent during the Revolutionary War. Of course, the legislature in New York then passed the bill to officially confiscate the land of loyalists and distribute it amongst 400 new freeholders, essentially placating them just enough and buying them off and buying their votes as they were now on the fringes of the privileged circle of revolutionaries. So when I say they bought their votes, there were now 2,200, uh, a 2,200 person voting block for a faction of the elites that would later on in 1788 become the Anti-Federalists. So when Tough Acton Manacton and his pals were at first opposed to 
ratifying the Constitution, they then changed their minds and flipped to supporting ratification. And why? Because it would mean that the new freeholders, even though they weren't tenants anymore, however, they now got the honor of being mortgagees. It's like, tell them what they won, Howard. Exactly. One way or another, you're paying. It's just uh, a different term. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, freeholders are paying back loans from banks instead of rent to landlords. So it's basically the same shit. And at one point, not at one point, at many different points, they were trying to outlaw paying with paper money um, because that was, excuse me, um, losing its value and was becoming, uh, it was becoming of no value to them. And so they made people come up with different ways to pay their way, pay their rent, pay their mortgage, whatever. Yep. So uh, that's just another thing to keep in mind that they kept flipping the script on how to make your way as well as where and when to make your ways. So that's right. So um, another Zing quote, it seems that the rebellion against British rule allowed a certain group of colonial elite to replace those loyal to England give some benefits to small landholders and leave poor white working people and tenant farmers in very much their old situation. Um, it, so. it, it didn't matter to, it didn't matter to tenants to um, the American public at the time uh, who was in charge because in their point of view, nothing's changed. And if nothing's changed, then what does it matter? Who right. They when, thought things would change. And for, like we said, maybe 2,200 people, it, it changed by giving them some land. Um, but they're still having to pay mortgage as opposed to paying rent right Same. so they they weren't essentially given anything and and they thought they were they they got again they got swept up into the uh the we the people rhetoric and um you know they had the, these nationalist feelings and it's it's us versus them and you know um we're gonna fight for our our rights over here they're taxing the shit out of us on our our tea and everything else they were savvy with the tongue and savvy with the pen on how they worded things because a lot of said public felt like they actually had their back for brief moments in which they real quickly learned that that was not the case. That's right. And also, obviously, the Native Americans were not part of the whole all men being created equal thing. Neither uh, were was- women. Right. Or, or black men. That's right. So black women, black kids. <laughs> um, for Native Americans, it was their land and they had no say in who would govern the American territories and certainly were not able to pursue any kind of happiness the way they had for hundreds of years before these white settlers uh, came ashore. And now because the British pact their red coats and went home to cry in their milky tea. The Americans could now concentrate on stealing the native Americans land and kill them if they wouldn't willingly give it up. So um, American historian Francis Jennings put it succinctly quote, the white Americans were fighting against British imperial control in the East and for their own imperialism in the West. And the the imperialism has not stopped. It's uh, continued well into this day, and it's never stopped. Can't stop. Yeah. Won't stop. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, go, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Um, so we know that the Native Americans were restrained in New England and Virginia by force. And not to mention disease 
Um, and in other places, they even worked out a way to coexist amongst other colonies. However, by the time the year 1750 rolled around, the population of the colonies was rapidly growing, and there was this organic pressure to move westward onto what these settlers were calling new land, which obviously had been occupied. Um, so this is the this sets the proverbial stage for conflict with the Native Americans. And I, uh, there's numerous different ways in which they went against the Native Americans and uh, ended life most of the time savagely, yet the American Indians were referred to as the ones who were savages. Um, we'll get to certain discussions between uh, I believe Robert Morris and Indian chiefs next week, but um, they, the Americans, uh, they led biological warfare, essentially, by handing out the blankets with smallpox. It's like, never underestimate how bad or how willing the higher ups will go to fuck you over. And that has never changed either. We're no. still dealing with that to this day, whether it be with corporate Democrats, corporate Republicans, or Jeff Bezos essentially flying to the moon um, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, to the moon, Alice. Nothing's changed. So um, we will pick things up there next week and learn what um, Chief Hendricks of the Mohawk said to New York Governor George Clinton uh, in 1753 when the Mohawks were swindled out of 800,000 acres of land. That's it. <laughs> That's all. I, <laughs> I want. I wish I had the time. Obviously, I was kind of. Um, up against it here, but I wonder mm -hmm. just how much 800,000 acres of land is. Like, is that as big as the, you know, state of New York? More? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, from the little bit of research that I've done, it's approximately a few acres larger than 798,000 acres. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't have a fucking clue, man. It can that be really it, puts it into perspective. Now I know. <laughs> Dynamite drop in. Dynamite uh, drop in, money. Ah, hell, nobody's listening. But um, <laughs> broadcasting is, school really paid off for both of us. Exactly. Um, is that all you had uh, scripted for this week, or yes, my fifteen thousand dollar friend. <laughs> What a bunch of losers. Uh, so can we discuss what the fuck is going on a little bit? Like, well, I, I guess I don't really have much more to say on the whole Biden, uh, Miss Kamala Harris rant. But um, a lot of people are like defending President Biden and the actions in which he's taken so far and I think it's laughable because these are all things that were must do's um, granted he got to work right away signing legislation but he hasn't done shit for health care he hasn't done shit for voter right he hasn't done he's helped voter suppression he's helped um, taxing the rich he lowered the rate. He negotiated against himself. Um, California just allowed a ban of assault rifles to be reinstated just this past week, which has been a ban since the 90s. I mean, what exactly are we fucking doing? And I understand that these aren't things that President Joe Biden is pointing at and saying, yeah, let's go challenge this. Let's, let's change this. This is government on a smaller basis. However, um, you have the ultimate 
queen, the ultimate move. She's sitting directly next to you. You know what I'm saying? This is and a chess reference. It is, and I've never played chess. Well, I've played <laughs> chess, but not well. Um, and you don't use her. I mean, I, I, I don't quite get it. Because and I, under, I understand the pandemic is you, 1A. This needs to push you left. It does not matter what party it is. So this, this was part of the larger conversation I, I mentioned that I wanted to have when it comes to uh, being leftist. So if, oh, but what left though, Rob? I, I, that's what I'm confused about. Maybe you're going to get there and I'm interrupting. Yeah. But what the fuck left? I mean, I'm about as left as you can possibly be no. and objective. Um, when it comes to uh, not being called radical, okay? Um, and I think they throw the they being uh, moderates or conservatives or GOPers throw the term radical at anybody who doesn't see eye to eye with them, even though if you've listened to a Rush Limbaugh or a um, Tommy Lauren or uh, whatever the other yeah. blonde-headed ladies. Or Shapiro or, uh, you know, any any of those programs. That's radical. Um, That's radical. Right. right. That's radical, right, for the for the most part. Um, That's I radical really... human humanization. It's, it's, it's an exploitation. Everything that these people say is outlandish. It's like there's nothing they say that makes sense on a level of humanitarianism. And, and most of it is gaslighting, okay? Most of them know what they're saying is wrong, um, except for like the really bigoted stuff. They really, obviously, they really feel that way. Um, when you listen to- uh, Marjorie Taylor. White supremacists like, right, like her, like- Tucker Carlson, um, you know, these people are gaslighting you and they're trying to get people sucked into this sort of this whole cancel culture, the, the cancel culture war. And it's it's working because it's distracting the people who should be um, fighting for each other, uh, coalescing be behind each other. Um and they're just over here holding this cancel culture and saying like, hey, look at this. Like people are getting canceled for saying certain things. Meanwhile, um, they're just racking up the money. You know, obviously we got the, the report um, the other day that said, let's see, uh, this from the Gravel Institute. Documents were leaked showing that billionaires pay almost nothing in taxes, which we fucking knew. But... It is nice to now, uh, as the kids say, have the receipts. Um, and so Bezos paid an effective rate of 0.98%. And the IRS responded by opening an investigation into the people who leaked the documents, but not into the billionaires paying taxes. So <laughs> it just... It's more, so who points we're going to take your fucking that? money, but look over here while our other hand is in your fucking pocket, like at the bottom of your fucking pocket. Who points just, the finger on that? Like, we let's, just, we just lost a viewer. <laughs> let's, let's investigate. Let's investigate the taxation of Bezos. Like, who says let, let's open up an investigation on the leak instead of like, that's what I'm trying to understand. I, I just can't put my mind around like what corporate entity is, is doing this. Is doing what? Pointing. <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to say is the fact that they opened up a investigation or an investigation into the leaked documents instead 
of looking into why Bezos or anybody else that's a wealthy billionaire paid tinks when it comes to taxes. Mm-hmm. How who's in charge of saying let's start let's start this investigation? I mean, I, I'm not sure, but wouldn't it be the IRS? Um, but they're, you know, it's all part of the government. They, you just, you don't fuck with the money. So that's what my point is, is if you don't fuck with the money, then why is your hand not in Jeff Bezos pocket? Because he fucks with lots of money. Because he's like, you know, um, and I get it. They got Ponzi schemes and. Ponzi scheme is probably not the right word, but they have tax loopholes where they can send their money, earn interest on it, essentially write that off, which covers the percentage points in which they do have to pay taxes. But it's a write-off, Jerry. You don't even know what a write-off is, (laughs) but they do. And they're the ones writing it off. Um. Yeah. So he, you know, Bezos what kind of threatens right to take his business overseas, which it's like, who gives a fuck? He's not paying go. taxes. Fucking go. Yeah. What's the difference? Like all the the people that are working for him, they're trying to unionize, and um, they're being like stopped at at every possible turn. Um, if you you know, followed the case in uh, Arkansas. Was it Arkansas or Alabama? Um, Same difference. <laughs> if you're following that closely, um, obviously I wasn't watching close enough, but um, they had the post office plant a mailbox on their grounds and the post office gave Amazon a key to that mailbox that they planted for them. Which for everybody else is a felony. Yeah, they uh, had the city change the street lights on the street so that people couldn't run up to uh, the cars of workers and explain to them why they should unionize. They actually changed the fucking pattern of the traffic lights for that. Um, it, it's just the, the most shadiest shit. But if you... Go ahead and, and watch videos from, um, I want to say it's like Democracy Now!, but it's Professor Richard Wolf. Wolf. Um, he will much do a much better job of explaining why it wouldn't fucking matter if, he, if, if Bezos picked up his Amazon and left. Um, Does he go into the loss of jobs for the American public? Because that would be my biggest concern. Yeah, but if you're not making them, uh, you know, if you're if you're really not making a livable wage, what's the fucking difference anyway? I mean, there's people, th- these people are, and there's no dignity to it either, Josh. Uh-uh. They are, you know, they're like, do this, do this in a certain amount of time, and if you don't, we're docking your pay. I mean, these people are literally shitting in bags in the Amazon trucks and pissing in bottles because they can't stop off and take a quick bathroom break to do a one or two. Because they have to make these fucking quotas in, in time or they're not getting paid. There's and no I'm, dignity in it. And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate to make good radio. Lord knows we've already <laughs> sank that <laughs> ship. But um, as devil's advocate, not very many companies. I can go get a job at Amazon tomorrow making 15 to $18 an hour. Is it slave labor-ish? It's close. Yes. It's yeah. bad. There's no dignity to it. It's whatever you want to say about it. But there's insurance. No other starting jobs will start you around that much for pay. And there's a shit ton of people that would be out of work after we just had a shit ton of people that were out of work. So I'm not arguing it with you or against you because Lord knows I hate that motherfucker too. And (laughs) I rarely shop online. And if I do, I try to do it from any other entity outside of Amazon. However, um, 
I mean, there would be some ramifications if he was to take his business to China or some other area. Globally. There would there would be at first, um, but the, there wouldn't be a problem if uh, there were, again, certain laws that were passed where we actually, we the people actually got the money that we fucking work for, tax Bezos. Now everybody can have UBI. They don't have to. Um, UBI you know, is for us stupies. Uh, like univer universal uh, banking income. So okay. because of your your work, your contribution, your your products, your services, mm -hmm. um, and you are properly taxing the rich, the wealth gets redistributed. So Jeff Bezos isn't on his way to be a trillionaire. People like you get $2,000 a month for doing the job that you do, um, you get it on top of the job that you're doing. So now you have the chance to actually uh, take some time off, pursue another job that isn't fucking soul crushing. You're not going to want to, you know, talk about uh, <laughs> us, a, a, a match made in heaven, taking SSRIs, you know, trying to get through uh, every day, a day at a time. Um, if you have a job that's even more soul crushing that, that you have, um, you're not going to want to stick around much longer. So it's, it, it more, ha it also has to do with like implementing these sort of social policies, not making Bezos a trillionaire, making other people, the rank and file, the actual laborers who are producing the products and services apart and getting their fair share and getting, you know, the healthcare, um, you know, any, any number of things would help, uh, student loan forgiveness. Um, so many people are in debt and that would, uh, you know, that's, that's like automatic stimulation for the economy. Do you have any idea right. how fucking white girl wasted America would go <laughs> if they had that extra hundred to $500 a month? that they was paying student loan debt yeah. to just throw into the economy. Yes. Instead of just giving it back to a fucking bank. And then there's two fucking schmucks like us that had to pay $15,000 for a for-profit school that taught us not a fucking thing. Right. It didn't. It, I mean, it, it really hardly taught us anything. We had a couple of good teachers, hardly taught us anything. Basically it was, we had one good teacher and it was in video editing which neither you nor I were interested in because we right. wanted to learn the radio aspect. Mr. Knudsen, what up? How you doing? I see you on WGN quite often. You're killing it. I wish I would have listened to you more than anybody else because everybody else was a fucking schmuck. Um, <laughs> it was so bad at that school that I still go sit outside the parking lot and think about walking in there and just kicking every administrator right in the cock and ball. <laughs> I don't even think the administrators uh, are still there. The, the it ones doesn't that, matter. That there if for. they're wearing a fucking badge, <laughs> right, hit them with a pipe wrist. They're probably still like, uh, you know, hey, Tony. taking advantage of these, of these students. The only thing that it provides is you get this sort of acc accreditation to have the opportunity to possibly get a decent uh internship and <laughs> so you can work for free so you can work for fucking free <laughs> at 3 a.m to go to man cow you know how many times i've had to shake hands with ron jeremy that's why i wasn't scared of the fucking pandemic <laughs> i mean <laughs> i got some good stories out of it and um you know uh, made some friends like dan hampton um mm -hmm. so you know some good things came out of it Again, paying fifteen thousand to have one very large friend in my life. Um, I don't mean to get sentimental, but it it's worth it because you and I have bonded, and most of my friends that I have now are carryovers, and that's not a disrespectful term to those people. It's just people I was friends with when I was at a different point in my life, 
when we had different cares and ambitions in my life, or even no ambitions in my life. They were there for me when I was at lower times, and I'm grateful for it. I'm still at very low times, but I put my foot forward and I fight through it. But now I choose a new type of friend, a new class of friend who is not interested in college football or um, walks in the park, but social <laughs> justice and um, what's going on with the government. And we do this all because of the kids. I wouldn't be sitting in front of this fucking microphone confused half the time if I wasn't trying to put out a word from the few things I do understand to help empower the lives of the kids that are in them. Um, yeah, that's exactly, you know, you know why I'm doing it. I got the two little guys, you know, five and four, um, just trying to get the word out. Hopefully um, they actually have a world to grow up in like we did. Um, it wasn't the best world. Uh, it's still not the best world. Um, the world is very, very, very shitty as we've, you know, learned through experience, um, as we're reading in this damn book, um, it's always been bad. Um, however, you have to find happiness amongst the shit. So if this, you know, listening to this podcast, not this part right now, where, or it's a bit of a downer, but you have to find the happiness amongst all of the shit. And for me, it's doing this podcast with you. It's, you know, being with my family, um, you know, just all, all the little things um, in life. For me, it's nothing. Obviously, it's nothing big. It's just um, I'm one of those love all the little things in life, um, like orange diet Shasta. It's, uh, it's important to be able to do that. And I haven't developed that skill yet, which is why I've called you a couple times this week and explained to you that I am in huge funks. And um, I've had friends for 20 to 25 years that when I say that to, they still don't have a clue on what to say. It's. Uh, I mostly just try to make you laugh. And I don't expect them to. That's not their job. I'm not yeah. saying that to be my friend, you should be a clinical psychologist because that's <laughs> not your fucking responsibility. Yeah. Your job is to not help Josh take care of himself and better his mental health situation. That's yeah. not your responsibility. What I am saying is, is if I do bring something up along them lines, that a silent... Uh, have you thought about not thinking about it um, <laughs> as the answer to whatever question? Why didn't I is, consider is what I'm looking for? It. Exactly. Yeah. Why did I not think about fuck all these years? I thought about suicide hundreds of fucking times, and all I had to do was not think about Just it. Just not think about it. I fucking mean, idiot. I'm sitting here doing fucking belly breathing. So that I could catch my breath because the anxiety is so bad, but uh, I should just not feel this way. Exactly. So, and, and once again, that's no disrespect to anybody, but you outgrow friends, and oh, for sure, that's fine. So, um, we could probably go into this uh, in depth a little bit more next week. Okay. But, um, again, just like sharing uh, more stuff with you when it comes to being a leftist um, after Bernie dropped out, it was over um, because as I say, uh, Joe Biden uh, is a corporate Democrat. He's a diet Republican, if not a fucking full blown ass Republican. So um, we, we get Joe Biden in, in the in office with uh, the Senate and House, and there's um, obviously no Medicare for all. He didn't want it. He still doesn't want it. 
um, because he knows that Big Pharma is um, calling paying, shots. His, paying his way, paying most uh, of the Democrats' way. Um, so that's how they got to stay in power. Uh, he did six. Uh, I'm sorry. They he did. Uh, how much was the stimulus? Fourteen hundred. Which one? There were so, three different checks. There was one his, for twelve. No, his one. The Joe Biden one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, twelve hundred bucks, right? Yeah, uh, something like that. And it was supposed to be, you know, like uh, two thousand. But he was like, "Oh, you got, you already got the, you know, yeah, six hundred. So you know the the difference." And it's like, right. So you already fuck you. You know, you fuck that up. Uh, there hasn't been any more stim- stimulus checks for anybody. People are still struggling big time. And then um, you get to throw eviction on top of it in a few weeks. Exactly. Um, in like three weeks. Hopefully the CDC says something like, hey, we're still not completely over this uh, fucking pandemic. Which um, they won't because we're getting close enough to being over the pandemic and where they're, whatever they're ran by that is not the people will weigh in and essentially r- ruin the lives of those who are been struggling the last 18 months. Right. And, you know, the government needs the economy to keep on growing. So everything needs to be opened up. Um, So they're probably leaning on the CDC and being like, make sure you say everything opens up because, you know, we're kind of hurting here and we don't really want to give anybody else, uh, you know, more stimulus checks and and have to have a conversation about that. Um, We talked about, you know, no student loan forgiveness. It went from maybe 50,000 uh, to maybe 10,000 to zero student loan forgiveness. Nothing for nobody. Um, no $15 minimum wage, federal minimum wage, um, which again, basically anything below that is uh, slave wages. Um, well, I wouldn't say slave wages. wages slaves don't make wage, uh, make any kind of wage, but... Um, it's not enough to live on it. And if you're talking about, you know, with inflation, um, the, the minimum wage should be around $24. Um, we, (laughs) people have been asking to defund the police. He gave even more money to police, uh, than, uh, than Trump did. Um, we're talking about, uh, somebody who's saying like environment is going to be, you know, one of the top priorities yet he issues 229 new drilling permits, um, continues to bomb Syria and, um, is, as we recently discussed, aiding the Palestinian genocide by continuing to give money and weapons to Israel for them to continue bombing, um, the Gaza Strip and, and West Bank. So it really does fucking not matter which party you choose. The people don't matter. Only the fucking money matters. So that's what I was talking about when it comes to being a leftist. I'm not a Democrat. Obviously, most certainly not a Republican. I'm a leftist. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, um, I don't have a party. Like if there was a a people's party that got started. I would probably be that I'm, I'm closer to, um, you know, the green party because they are, um, uh, environmental first. So, um, if, if you're definitely not saying I'm, I'm like a communist or a Maoist or anything, but if, you know, for these people who like to kind of cosplay on social media, um, who say that they're communist, like, but, th- but then they're still talking about, um, electoral politics. That doesn't make any fucking sense. If you're, if you're a communist, it should just be, you know, um, the people own anything. So it, it's, it's a political theory, um, that was derived by Karl Marx, um, advocating for class war and, uh, leading to a society in which, uh, property is publicly owned. And uh, each person works and is paid accord- accordingly 
um, to their abilities and and needs. So um, if class war still needs to be waged, by the way, let's uh, yeah. continue. Yeah, no, that's basically it. I mean, so if uh, you know everything is publicly owned, well, we don't. There's no need for private businesses, but you know they're still um, you know advocating for people like uh, Joe Biden to get in because he's the lesser of two evils, which I understand, but the lesser of two evils is still evil as as we see. None of this you know, still kids in, in cages at the fucking border. Um, and none of the other stuff that I, that I mentioned, um, happened. The, the, the only difference at the border is, um, children aren't actively being separated from their parents, but still. we would have been better off with Joe, but, uh, by the way, he was the one we were missing for trying to decipher which rappers we've killed since we've been on here. Who was that? Joe Budden. I believe oh, okay. he's, I, I believe he passed away. <laughs> I would have to double check on that. Okay. Um, All right. Um, real quick, one more thing that's been driving me insane about the Democratic Party. Um, they're essentially, and this is from Robert Reich, and you can follow him on Instagram at rbreich, R E I C H. And uh, he says, Ending the filibuster will destroy our government. Um, that was said by Joe Manich. Man. Manchin, excuse me. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Mitch McConnell just used the filibuster to kill an independent investigation into an attempted overthrow of the U.S. government. Um, killing the fi filibuster isn't radical. Uh, what's radical is allowing the GOP to introduce nearly 400 bills across the country eviscerating the right to vote, which we were discussing earlier. The filibuster was popularized during the Jim Crow era by Southern senators seeking to block civil rights legislation. It's serving the same function today. Yep. Abolish the Jim Crow filibuster. Yes. And the filibuster is fucking undemocratic. It wasn't in, you know, for these uh, constitutional originalists, it wasn't in the fucking constitution and they won't, they won't do it because then it will fuck with the money. It will fuck with their money. It will fuck with their power. So they don't want to give any, any of that up. They would much rather have everything just fucking gummed up and just, if they lose, then they can, uh, you know, let's say, you know, Democrats lose the house and the Senate. Now they can just fundraise, on that we oh we got to get we got to get the house back we got to get the senate back and then we'll do something no 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 we don't have the right democrats in mansion was in um so you know and, and Kristen cinema but we got to get the right democrats in and then it will work and this fucking incrementalism is not helping the, it, this is what i'm talking about the incrementalism i it's not going to work for my family it's not going to work for your family for your for your kids for your kids kids the incrementalism is going to fucking kill everybody and they're not going to have a world to live in they ain't get me they ain't get, <laughs> they ain't get me all right so it's i know you got you got to get to bed um so um, i'm all worked up hopped yeah. up on mountain doing lacroix I need to start drinking during this show. I haven't touched alcohol since my birthday, and I don't touch it often. Because when I do, I usually go ham. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't do it. But this show... You're going to get a... Pretty depressing. Get a sniffer. <laughs> a, sniff, a sniffer. It's a snifter. <laughs> oh, a sniffer yeah. would be what I do in the bathroom. Um, when I'm drinking too much, <laughs> just fucking dabbing the table down here. Yeah, back in the days. Why is he smiling so large? <laughs> he ain't smiling. Motherfucker got locked jaw. Exactly. All right. Uh, Are you good? I'm good. I think I got everything. Um, learned a little bit tonight. Um, 
And uh, where did we leave off at? So uh, next week, we're going to talk about uh, Chief Hendrick and uh, what he had to say to uh, the governor of New York, George Clinton. If we don't open with George Clinton next week, I'm going to... Here's my chance to get away <laughs> out of my confliction. What is it? And uh, the and the funk? What's yeah. it? Yeah. Uh the P Funk Parliament. P Funk Parliament. Okay. All right. That'll wrap it up. So until next time, at the risk of sounding eloquent, this should push you left. <laughs>